Matt, before we start, think about what you're going to say because sometimes you, you talk for 42 minutes before you actually introduce the podcast. So if you, yeah, just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I talk for 42 minutes. What? Welcome to episode 67 of the Picky Bastards podcast podcast where we listen to a bunch of new music to try and keep away the ever ever forward moving march of time as we all approach middle-aged and get Jesus. older and older and farther and further away from contemporary um i'm joined wow. by by the oldest <laughs> one fran thanks mate yeah um thanks for that you are, lovely intro you are pretty much middle-aged already right um 40 wow. <laughs> in, I'm 40 in four, no, six months. Yeah. Is that middle age? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what middle yeah, age is, is, really. Depends how long I live. It could, middle age could have been 15 yeah. years ago, for all we know. Um, that's wow. a nice happy thought. That's... I wasn't expecting to have like an existential crisis <laughs> this quickly into this podcast. But, well, yeah. I feel like this month I've been having an existential crisis all month, so I thought I'd share it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Should we tell people what the podcast actually is so they think they don't just know? It's, uh, it's well, I was also going to say I'm also joined by Sam. Uh, Hi. <laughs> Hi, Sam. Who's Sam the first from this concern? Middle age. Yeah. But he's also Sam in is, crisis, it seems. Sam is a baby. I feel like we're all in a crisis. That's yeah. why we sit and do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, time what, what are we doing? We're going to listen to a bunch of new music, or we have been over the past we, month, and heard. we're going to spend the next 40 minutes to an hour discussing what we think about it. Um, the new albums that we've covered are um, Chaos for the Fly by Grian Chatton, uh, Messy by Olivia Dean, my Back Was a Bridge for You to Cross by Anoni and the Johnsons, Evergreen by Paris. And then we also covered a classic album, and so that is One Size Fits All by Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention. And lastly, I'll be telling everyone about how and why and <laughs> why I love uh, Block Party so much. <laughs> You um, searched for a word that didn't exist then, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. My brain yeah. stopped working for a little bit. It's yeah. it's it's early for me, just so everyone knows. So I have an excuse. The others do not. So mm. you need to give me a break, but you can be mean okay. to everyone else. Um, and so to get us started, I'm going to ask some questions to both Sam and Fran. And starting with Sam, I'm going to ask Sam, which album was the most intellectually interesting Okay, so um, I, I think for me, there was only really one answer to this question. Um, I think it's probably the only album on this whole playlist that kind of asks more from the listener than, than just like a gut reaction to the music. And that was uh, My Bat Was a Bridge View to Cross by Anoni and the Johnsons. Um, I, I, I find Anoni's career fascinating because like winning the Mercury Prize with, with a kind of really like delicate and stark album like the one that did and then eventually leading to the kind of solo record hopelessness that came out a few years ago it's really like electronic and daring and thrilling and is it was a real like surprising development but also this album as a follow-up to that is is mm. even more surprising i feel it, it's really soulful and really classic in its sound um and 
I don't think it sounds like either of those albums. And after this month, I feel like the more I've listened to it, the more it's been better for that difference. Um, I think songs like Can't, It Must Change, Why Am I Alive Now, that they're really simple for an artist like Anoni. This is by far the most straightforward music I've heard from her, like in her whole career. But there's still this kind of tone to the performance and like way with lyrics that is so unique and engaging that makes everything elevated into this really special place. I I think her voice is one of the most engaging that I can think of from the last few decades. Like genuinely, it's it's hard to think of someone that is so, um, is as impactful when, when they sing. Um, and it feels as necessary as always on this album. I, th- I think the the accessibility of the record with the kind of very almost straightforward soul music in the background um, is ended up being the thing that I appreciated the most because um, it, it is kind of a lot more easy to get into. Um, but it meant that there was lots of moments where I could really dive into the lyrics and really dive into the the topics on this album. And I feel like that's what really pulls it forward into being such an exciting record all round and such an exciting thing to get your head around as well. I think it, it, there's a couple of moments that have that same sort of dissonance that we heard on Hopelessness. I think Go Ahead is, is quite a stark difference to that, everything else. But I think it's the lyrics where we really get what has made Anoni um such a an important artist i think it, for so long i think scapegoat is maybe the the best song of her career mm. i i would say um it captures it it feels like right now it's such a an important message to be sending as someone who's so visible as mm. a trans person in the music industry and so kind of captures that feeling and that gut-wrenching feeling of what it must be like to be so visible right now and um, it's it's so soulful but also so stark it's it kind of represents what I feel like this album captures really well and um, so yeah I, I thought this was a really really good album um I'm really glad we listened to it um yeah nice. Fran mm-hmm. do you want to jump in yeah, yeah, I'll go. Um, so yeah, I, I'll start by saying that I, I do like this album quite a lot, and I think I think parts of it are incredible. Um, Sam's mentioned a few of them there, um, and as Sam's pointing out there as well, it's clearly saying really, really important things. Um, I don't think you'd expect any different from an an only album. Um, and I state scapegoat. Yeah, the prime example. I think those opening lines of "You're so killable" is just it's just chilling. It's really chilling, mm. and it's that real indictment of the attitude towards lgbtq and particularly trans people in the world right now i think that song's just huge and and very important and and i think the opener it must change similarly is it feels like a civil rights era from that yeah. i can imagine it at protests now people you know it's very powerful um and there's it's my fault i think sam's just touched on like the, the change in the music i think that's a, a really deceptively simple sounding song but the message about sort of self-blame when you're in a community that's discriminated against it is again really important and huge um and then rest i really like the song rest and i think that's probably the closest to the aggressive sound that i was sort of expecting to get from anoni um but 
I mean, that's there lies the sort of flip side to my thoughts on this album, really, because it, I was and I'm a little bit disappointed with with how it sounds. Um, it's not to say I don't like it, and this isn't a negative review. Like I, I do like it, but um, Hopelessness was such a massive, crazy, weird, yeah. aggressive album, and I missed that a little bit here. Um, I wouldn't have expected her to do the same again. I would have expected it to change. But I do feel like if I listen to this album without the context of her and without already knowing what she was going to be singing about, I don't know if it would have the same power for me as hopelessness does. And it, as it, as it does, because I know who I know her. One thing that's annoyed me a little bit is um, our fellow picky bastard, James, who I always have to call out on this podcast, but she shared in our <laughs> WhatsApp group that his wife, Katie had said it sounded like John legend. Um, <laughs> and I haven't fully been able to shake that this month because there's some truth to it to a degree because a lot of it is a bit too i mean i sound like i'm being negative here but some of it is too ploddy piano ballad for me it's not something that i would really listen to i would have liked more music that matches the aggression and the bite in the lyrics but yeah just to go back to i do like the album it's just maybe not what i would have hoped for um for the next album but I will listen to it again, definitely, and probably quite a bit. So I do like it, and it's probably better than more than 50% of what we cover on this podcast, definitely. But it, but it's just, um, I suppose, I had higher hopes for how much I would like it. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably where I landed. Yeah. That. It sounds like the kind of classic tale of when we have an artist that we we yeah. all really like it's we hold them to a whole higher standard absolutely absolutely um and so i would i would actually say i i'm more generous i think than fran mm. the way I, I like this album i like i'm would prefer their popular more electronic stuff um and i'm kind of miss those sides to her and her like personality that comes out in in the music but this is a whole new side i think mm. that or like returning to work with the Johnsons is really interesting. And it's like a whole different kind of emotion that she can convey, yeah. which wouldn't, this just, I don't think it would work very well <laughs> if it had some crazy beat behind it. Right. Mm. Um, and I think like a lot of you guys have mentioned a lot of the standout songs. Right. But for me also, um, can't was like a really, really like, yeah central song for the album and the way that the kind of protestations that she's making about someone passing or someone and leaving in some way it feels so emotive and it like it feels like that she doesn't want anything to check like not anything to change but not to lo like lose that person it feels so raw and emotional mm. but yeah so it's almost <laughs> like a perfect encapsulation of denial um, but it also weirdly feels hopeful. Like, I don't know, like someone's dying, but like whatever they're standing for will carry on. Um, mm. And so I, I thought that in particular was an incredibly like powerful song. Um, and I think, yeah, like this music is incredibly simple, but these kind of often like circular guitars, uh, riffs and uh, the very straightforward beats really do mean that you just focus on her voice and her uh what she's conveying in the, in the lyrics and 
that's not normally something I, as you know, focus as much on. Mm. Um, um, but it, it made you do that and it wasn't necessarily a disservice to it. So as much as I would have loved to get hopelessness round two, um, this was, yeah. I for me, it wasn't a disappointment. It was uh, yeah, very engaging. Yeah. And yeah. I think... We'll get, we'll get into some of the albums, but it's definitely the most soulful thing on here um, and genuine, I think. So, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I just, I, yeah, I suppose it to be, I don't think I'm, it's, a disappointment would be further than what I think, definitely. I think it's it's definitely interesting and definitely got a lot from it, but it's just that thing of maybe not being, I don't think it's going to be with me in 10 years' time in the yeah. way that hopelessness yeah. is. If, I, I think I... I think I kind yeah. of agree with that that point. Mm. I, I do think that was a standalone album that yeah. will that has lasted even that I think is it like five, six years ago now? Um mm. like yeah. it, it's lasted that time. I can't see this doing the same. It's still very, very good. Um, but yeah, I, I it, this isn't as good as that album was. And I think that's mm. kind of the point, the basic yeah. point you're making, really. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah. But it's as good as you can maybe get without being yeah, as good as that. Absolutely. Album. And then I mentioned just the next one will be back to something crazy because yeah. we're not going to get two piano albums in a row, are we? From not that this is just a piano album, I'm being quite, I'm being a bit glib there, but um, <laughs> hey, we're um, always reductive. And if anyone, you know, obviously it doesn't sound like John Legend, really. Yeah, right. Just to <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question now. Which yes. album grabbed you without you even thinking about it? Okay, yeah, this was um, an interesting question. So, yeah, for a question which asked me about needing, not needing to think about something, I really had to consider this answer because I don't think I usually notice whether I've thought about enjoying an album or not, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I think there are a couple of ways and a couple of albums that I could use to answer this, but I ended up thinking about it as the album that seemed to just click for me in a way that wasn't really noticeable, just sort of naturally. And for me, that was the Olivia Dean album, Messy. Um I think that was partly because I went into it with no real knowledge of the artist. So unlike the Green Chatton one, I didn't have any expectations. So I only really noticed I was enjoying Messy on my third or fourth listen. And I noticed I was kind of nodding along and that I already knew some of the lyrics. So it felt like it had kind of seeped in pretty effortless, effortlessly and in the background while I was listening to it. Um, and I think that says a lot about the kind of album it is. I think the kind of album it is, I think it's full of catchy songs and choruses, but I think they're not just throwaway songs. I think it's got some weight to it. It's got some heart to it. Um, she does have something to say. And I think she's a good performer, engaging voice. Um, and it is the, you know, it's the kind of music that does seep into you in that way. And another thing I thought around the time I started to enjoy it was that it was definitely going to get shortlisted for the Mercury Prize, um, which proved to be true. I think it is like a quintessential Mercury album when you think about recent lists. Mm. And I think the one that it reminds me most of is the Joy Crooks album. Um, but you'll remember I was a bit more mixed on that one than I am on this. Um, I don't, I'm not sure that Olivia Dean has the big, big hits that Joy did. Like, um, is it Feet Don't Fail Me Now? I don't think there's yeah. any massive, massive songs like that. But I think the album's more consistent. I think it has a bit more bite to it. And I think um, the most important thing that separates the two is on that Joy Crooks album, the ballads sapped all the energy for me and, and the, some of them were very Disney princess and, and that's not the case here. I think you know, there's a couple of ballads, a couple of songs on on Messy that do 
that aren't as good as the rest, but I think she gets it pretty much right throughout the album. And I think highlights like UFO and Danger and Ladies Room take it to another level. So, yeah, I think it's really good. Um, I'm not, you know, it's it'll be interesting for me wanting to see whether I carry on listening to it because sometimes when we do the podcast, I feel like I love something and never never hear it again. But um, I feel like I will. And I was, I'm definitely impressed and I, I'm, I'm excited to see what else she does. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. Basically, nice. wants to go. What do you reckon, Sam? I, I'll go. I can go. Because yeah. I'm mainly annoyed that we listened to this too late to all accurately predict that this was going to be nominated for I Mercury. Because <laughs> I, 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 the first first listen, two songs in, I was like, "This is that album this year." That <laughs> yeah. there's there's been one of these albums every year for the past like ten years, and a few times it wins. Like I, I feel like mm. there's a lot that I could compare this to, to the Arlo Parks album mm-hmm. in the way that it's like a consistently, a consistent style for a debut album with a kind of very, she kind of builds her own personality through the album mm-hmm. really well. And I, that's exactly the sort of thing that those like voters love. Um, I think it helps. That it is really good. Um, I, th- I think her voice is like really easy to love. I think as a lyricist, there's there's real depth to the way that she's talking about these things, but she's also quite plainly spoken at times. Um, and I think the the blend of genres within this that clearly influence the album um, works really well. The, the whole thing kind of feels very summery. It's a very summery vibe, mm. like, listen to this. It's quite nice outside, walking down the street. Um and it, I feel like it actually probably gives back more in on the whole as a whole record than maybe it has as individual songs. And I think that's maybe why you're saying mm. you don't feel like there's as many like standout hits. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps I, th- I think the hardest part is probably the closest thing to that. I think that's probably one of the better standalone songs on this whole playlist. I think um, it's kind of the, the chorus of that is just so effortless. Um, and really catchy. I, I really like Dangerously Easy as well. That really builds that song into yeah. like the way that the kind of um, really soulful guitar sounds. Kind of very, it's very dreamy. Um, it, there's nothing re- revolutionary about this. I don't think it's trying to like really push the sound forward in a in a brand new direction. I think something like Dive. It, it's quite predictable as a song, but I think she's got enough of a charm to the way she sings mm. and performs that I think it's just impossible to not like this at least a little bit. I think it's very much, I could, of all, of all the albums that we do, this is one that I think I've sent to the most people in a while really? of like, you'll like this because I, I can't really think of people who, who wouldn't at least mildly like this. Um, this kind of, it's very like along the lines of like Leanne Le Havas or hmm. even even yeah. Amy in in certain places. But then I I got real kind of like early two thousands like R and B pop from it. Um, some like some like Lamar or even like Craig David ish. I know that sounds mm-hmm. like a weird comparison, but <laughs> I I think it's just kind of given her age that kind of would kind of make sense. Um, I I just think it's a really a really good kind of solid album front to back um that was really enjoyable i can't see why you wouldn't enjoy this being on were you aware of her before sam um or was it new to you? i it was one of the, one of those people where you know like the name mm. you've seen the name be kind of 
spoken about a few times, like kind of, yeah. oh, this person has is in the Radio One Live lounge or something with a song, and I've not really yeah. heard the song or anything, that, that kind of thing. But yeah. I hadn't really listened to her until the album. Uh, yeah, I just kind of wondered if she'd like... Because it's I I I the only reason the reason I picked it is because I read on the day that we were picking I was struggling and I read a interview in the Guardian where she just sounded quite interesting and I was like I just wondered if she'd kind of come out of nowhere because I'd never really heard the name until that day so I just wondered if she was a bit of an unknown or but it doesn't sound like it entirely yeah I th- yeah. yeah I think there'd been quite a few singles previous mm. to even the ones on here um, but. But yeah, it's still relatively new. You would count yeah. as a new artist, basically. I, yeah. just, I would feel. Cool. Well, I, I'd, I'd dive in now. I I'm, I thought this was a nice album. Um, <laughs> I think I, some of the, the parts that Sam mentioned at the end that were maybe like, everyone would like it. Yes, everyone would like this album. Um, it it does feel like, like you mentioned dive that does feel like it has the big bbc appeal which mm-hmm. it will be put on montages it fits with the summer <laughs> summer mood that you were you were mentioning as well it's the reason it's probably on the mercury prize um but it, it feels like i don't know the uk's obviously had a like really strong moment for this kind of genre mixing neo soul kind of music and it, this does tick a lot of those boxes with like she has that kind of velvety voice. She has the music that kind of swells in an emotional way. Um, and there's always some little bits going on here and there where they've mixed in some like interesting genres to try and make it a bit more distinct. But I, it does feel very within that category, as it were. It feels very straight down the road. It doesn't feel like there's that much more interesting going on beyond that and i feel like we've covered some albums where there is a bit more beneath the surface and this doesn't feel like there's any interesting like experimentation really going on um or maybe there's there's a tiny piece here and there but it's it's really not explored very much and i know it's a debut um so often you want to consolidate a little bit with your debut but um i think i found myself initially really liking this album and then over time getting very bored of it um especially as the album progresses because i find that it gets it leans it kind of relaxes into a very more like a more traditional soul sound as the album progresses um and that i just found less less engaging um the more and more i listened to it um so listening to it in this podcast format really hasn't i don't don't think done it a good good service and so mm. i'm also very excited to cover it next month for this <laughs> yeah. if you're already bored then it's on two playlists in a row yeah we're already on a downward trajectory but we'll see like it's there's moments that are engaging i re- really mm. like the way she opens the, the album with the acapella yeah. it kind of mm. draws you in mm. and then there's a few like good songs it just like it gets boring so mm. i don't know it is. It's very much that niche for the Mercury Prize, and I guess we'll talk about that more uh, next month. But better or worse than Joy Crooks for you, Matt? Um, probably worse. Mm, well, that just means you're wrong about everything you've said then. Probably, but I haven't listened mm. to that album in a bit, so it's hard mm. to judge. 
I need I need like six months of listening to neither okay. and then come back to us next month yeah. and tell us. Nick, yeah. Hmm. But yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, um you mentioned it already, Fran. Do you mm-hmm. wanna talk to us what your probably your favourite album is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. So yeah, great. Green chess and case for the, case for the fly. Yeah, I mean, perhaps unsurprisingly, as you may have just got from what Matt said, I, I was a really big fan of this album. Um, yeah, even though I'd expected to like it, I was surprised by how much I liked it and how varied and interest interesting I found it as an album. Because yeah, when I heard he was doing a solo album, I, I did wonder what it would be like. Um, I, just in case anyone doesn't know, he's the lead singer of Fontaine's DC. Um, and I wonder if he wondered if he'd pull it off. Really, for for me at least, you know, his voice and performance style really suit what Fontaine's DC do. But I kind of doubted he would put a, he would put a solo album out that sounded like that. And then his voice, I think, does have some limits. So uh, I wondered what it would sound like. But in the end, I, this album did end up confirming something I, I kind of already suspected about suspected about him. I think he's actually quite a really quite a special artist and songwriter and I think he'll go on to have a really long pretty ridiculous career probably not just with that band but I think he'll be around for a long time I think um what's really interesting is across this album he explores some of the influences and styles I've I've heard him talk about but that he hasn't been able to release with the band and yeah like I said there are limits to his voice that's not to say I think it's a bad voice which I think at least one of you two does think it's a bad voice but I think it is a limited (laughs) voice but I think he manages that really well here. I think his style brings something really unique to the songs. And that unique thing is his personality, really. I think this, these songs are full of personality. And for me, the most impressive thing about Grian has, has always been, Grian, I'll just call him Grian, you know, has always been his lyrics. Um, and I think the great thing about this album, about Case for the Fly, is that you really get to hear those lyrics up close and personal. I think they get lost in the music and performance style uh, with Fontaine's DC sometimes. And, and it kind of, is only through reading the lyrics or, or really repeated listens that you hear how how well he writes. I think on this album, songs like Fairlies and Salt Throws Off a Truck are just superb lyrically. I'm just going to share a couple of lyrics that I love. Um, so from the start of Fairlies, there is there is there is kindness is a no sorry kindness is a trick to turn you strange till you're twisted and you're shining like a varicose vein. Anger makes you weak weak and turns you sick and gets you in the six feet nice and quick. I just think it's a great way to open a song. And then later on the same songs with the lines, um, but you went and fell in love and into love you fell and it made you feel unwell, oh well, which is great. And then Salt Throwers, just one, I promise only one more lyric, but um, I love the verse from Salt salt Throwers where he says, oh, where will you take me for dinner and sex? The the romance of somewhere where trains go direct. I live pretty close to a view of the stars, but it's not in my nature to look through the bars. I just think these lines show what a, poetic writer he is and I hope that sh- this album showcases that talent to people who don't really like Fontaine's because he deserves that recognition and yeah I could go on picking lyrics and songs but I, I won't um, I think Fairlies, All of the People in Salt Throwers are my favourites but I don't think there's a bad song here and I hope we continue to get albums like this from him throughout the career I think it's really refreshing after Skinty Fear, the last Fontaine's album which I did feel was a step back for the band I thought that was evidence they needed to slow down a bit because it, w- it was a bit more inconsistent but I don't think he needs to slow down because apparently he wrote these songs on his downtime, like on the tour <laughs> bus when Fontaine's DC were touring. And if he wrote these in his downtime, then he, he can carry on. So yeah, I was a big fan. Probably no surprises there. Um, so yeah. What, what cool. did you two think? 
I'll, I'll, I'll jump in because I think it's more likely to be the same. Um, okay. I, I also really, uh, I adored this album. I, okay. I thought it was great. Um, I, uh, of all the albums on this list, initially I was a little skeptical, but it grew so much on me mm. over the past few weeks. Um, I think it's really interesting how it's, de- it really demonstrates his like expansive skill set. Yeah. which I guess we were starting to get like a taste for when he did that collaboration with Kay um, yeah. last year. Um, but this really kind of like steps up to show that like, I, I'm also a big Fontaine's DC fan. I also thought that skin to fear was like good, but not, not their best. Mm-hmm. And it does, it does show that he, he has that, create like all of that creativeness in him yeah. and it it is bigger than fontaine's and so i'm excited to hear any anything he does in the future really because yeah. he does have the capacity um to do a lot more than that just post-punk pop rock post uh, punk rock sound mm-hmm. um and specifically on this like the it's kind of the way it's structured to have this kind of interesting mix of this kind of folk folk with some of some of songs feel like they're highly kind of produced where it's a bit rockier or there's lots of layers um or quirky sounds and things like that and then others are just like him and his guitar and it feels like he's right on the mic um and it feels very like bare and open um and so i think beyond the kind of lyrics and stuff like that it's like in well constructed as an album musically as well um so i yeah i i really enjoyed it i mean i also feel like talking to friends friends who aren't involved with this who appreciate music as much as we do they also even ones that aren't really into post-punk really appreciate Mm. this album it feels like interesting uh an album that appeals beyond beyond just the kind of the expected Mm. that said we'll see what sam thinks yeah <laughs> this is where i break all of your illusions That's... yeah um yeah it's, it's i mean it's no surprise that i probably wouldn't have gone near this had mm-hmm. you not picked this yeah, yeah. for the podcast because i mean i don't think i've actually covered fontaines on the podcast but i feel like it's a known fact that i'm not their biggest fan I think one of the Mercury um, ones they were on actually. And I feel yeah, like they were, and I think I yeah, slated yeah, it. Yeah, you slated them because the debut was nominated, wasn't it? So yeah. Think, yeah. You, but you for me, I think the biggest shock of this isn't just that I think this is a good album. Oh, wow. It's that I think that it's how like musically cohesive it is and complete mm. as an experience. Because for me, that is the main problem that I've always had with Fontaine's is that I've never ever been able to put it feels like someone singing in front of the wrong band. And I feel like this this album proves that point because this is the music he should be making. Absolutely. Like, it's a really interesting inward-looking record. I, mm. I don't think he could have done that with that band who clearly seems to be playing a different song. Um, <laughs> because, like, but he's, he's in full control of this. And it, when he's, like, in, like, folksy mode, I think he's at his best surely in terms of how he sounds he sounds perfect there he, it sounds right for him to be okay. singing nice. those songs like, i think fairly's is by far the best song on the album and this one of great. my favorites of this of this playlist 
Um, I think wow. his kind of vocal performance and the way he like plainly speaks in the lyrics comes <laughs> off the best there. I think, um, I think all of the people I am so far season for pain, they, they feel like the strong moments for me because they kind of blend what I think the reason people like him as a front man of kind of this like raucous band that's, that's kind of doing all of these kind of um, has lots of energy, but by, but strips it all back. I think, um, I think the genre blending works on some of the songs and it's the kind of experimental stuff. I think East coast bed, Hmm. um, last time, every time forever. I I think they, they work, but then for me, one thing that does hold the album back slightly is I think occasionally it just veers too far. And I, I I think Bob's casino is not a good song. Like I, the, the hook on that song is like really twee. And I, I don't know how either of you would listen to that and go, I like this when you have slated bands that have sounded like that. I love like Bob's that. Casino. It's great. Like that, yeah. that, I feel like I would be more aligned with a song like that than either of you. Um, I feel like that is definitely a miss and, and happening so early in the album. I'm like, okay, this is not going where I thought it was. Um, but, but I think on the whole, it, it was, I, it was a big surprise for me and it's really interesting album. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think has backed up my point that I, I I don't want to go and listen to Fontaine's DC. It, do, it hasn't made me do that. If the, the, if the point of getting a solo record out was to bring more people in to that thing, this hasn't done that. Um, I'll definitely listen to this album again. Um, nice. Because I just don't see how you could listen to this music and go, oh yeah, this is, this, this isn't, it's not as good as that band that makes no sense. Like I, I it's <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but it, I, I really enjoyed this as, as a whole album, for sure. Wow. I had some hopes you would like it. Well, I knew you would like it more than Fontaine's DC. I, I, I didn't expect you to enjoy it that much. Uh, to come back on your Bob's Casino point, though, I think, like, I suppose what I liked about that and some of the other songs is that Irish music influence that kind of started, has come out on a couple of the Fontaine's DC songs that haven't worked that well. There was one on Skinty Fear that I can't remember the name of, but it just didn't work on the album. But it was nice to hear him dig into that, I think. And I thought I thought that's that worked on Bob's Casino, personally. But, um, but yeah, interesting. We have all been pretty positive so far, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. Was, it's yeah. a great album. I might change soon. I think that's going to change soon. Hey, <laughs> shall we talk about Frank Zappa? <laughs> Get in there, Matt. We can. So this is Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention, in, Invention and their album One Size Fits All. It's our classic. Um, and so I I went backwards and forwards with this album a lot. I'm going to start with the, the negative. Like, a lot of this album is frustrating, weird, pretentious. Mm. Um there's moments where he sings and it's bouncing around with the music that reminds me of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And that thought stuck with me. I, I can't remember what song it was. It might be the song that where he sings endlessly about guacamole um, <laughs> and does tons of rhymes about guacamole. <laughs> and it sounds almost like a weird kid song, but then 
it's not because there's also like a three minute solo for no reason. Um, similarly, like there's like the song like Pajama People, Pajama People, which sounds like a it's veers into parody at points. Mm. And it, I was curious what it was about. Is it like an anti stoner anthem? Apparently, oh really? <laughs> yeah. But, How can this music have any anti-stoner message in it? Yeah, I mean, surely only stoners. Ex- exactly. It's, it feels like you're just alienating your crowd. <laughs> um, and then, what is it? Like, Evelyn the Modified Dog has, like, a weird sci-fi bend to it, <laughs> which just doesn't fit with the album uh, overall. Mm. Um, and so it comes in at, like, 43 minutes long, and it feels longer. It Like, even every time I listen to it, I feel like I didn't know where it was going even though I'd listened to it 10 times before. But that's it. Like, all of that, there were points where I was like, oh, this is interesting and fun. Like, I did Mm. quite enjoy the opening track quite a lot. Um, I can see in the context of, like, this prog rock bands that a lot of some of the more modern bands, like Black Midi, um, which I do really like, and I guess to a certain extent, things like Black Country New Road, I can see where they maybe would get elements from this. And I can also see its place in history, right? This is such maximalist music. And it came out two years mm. before like Sex Pistols, who were rejecting everything about maximalist music. And yeah. so who knows if they were listening to fucking Frank Zappa, but you can see where it fits in, in the history. I... I'm glad we listened to it, but I'm also like, I don't need to listen to this ever again. Because it, 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 there is just too much crazy, not useful, incoherent, batshit stuff around the things that I find interesting to actually warrant listening to that 47 minutes again. Mm. Um, so yeah, who wants to go next? I'll, I'll go. Yeah, go on some. I, like, you can't... I, you've you've made a, a a solid attempt there, Matt, to try and unpack this album. But I I feel like trying to understand this is just pointless. Like, there's no you're missing the point entirely if you're trying to get to the bottom of whatever is going on. I mean, there's a song that opens with the line, "She lives in Mojave in a Winnebago. His name is Bobby. He looks like a potato." <laughs> it's just it's chaos, and honestly. The chaos is so enjoyable. Like I can see why people loved this and love and and are so engaged by this music. Because I think musically, it's so varied and all over the place. Like that opening song I've written, Inca Roads feels like I've fallen down the stairs and hit a long load of instruments on the way down. (laughs) And, And it's like that feeling it gives you, it it really isn't like anything else. And that that's one good thing you can say about this sort of music is that mm. it it actually it feels like such a musician's album it's yeah. kind of for musicians and for people who are jamming in bands and pulling from all of these different genres from across the world and it's such an exciting time and everything's so psychedelic but i, I was reading up and frank zappa is like massively anti-drugs um and like his whole thing is is like being like no 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 this isn't um this isn't from being on like a like an acid trip of like whatever um which is so fascinating to me because i'm like 
what is everyone else's excuse for um like they all just blame the drugs when they were making some of this music like he has no excuse at all um but i kind of liked it i kind of liked the the front to back every every song gave something new a new perspective to the way they were playing the instruments new ideas constantly um it's full of guitar solos that are like go on for minutes at a time um but then other times it's really like rhythmic and like there's lots of drums and stuff i i think that i think the album works because of the silliness of it all um i think without that it would feel it would actually feel silly whereas i feel like because it's part of the point of it being this chaotic thing it comes out the other end and i think it works for what it's trying to do um yeah like you couldn't release this now like it's just you just would not be able to but well, it depends where you released it yeah put it on soundcloud i didn't mind it i'm not going to run out and buy it on vinyl but like i it was a good time yeah. when it was okay. on fair enough i think we've listened to worse much worse. Yeah, much, there's, much there's worse mu- musically, this is uh, this is at least it, it's experimental music in the widest sense of that to me. So it yeah. has a place in the kind of canon of classic albums. Um, we've listened to shit that does not. <laughs> That's true, I suppose. I mean, I'm I'm honestly struggling to get my head around this revelation about him being anti-drug and pajama people being an anti-drug song because. What the fuck is this album if it's not a drug album? Like I, I just, I just do not understand. But anyway, to to go back to my notes, I suppose, yeah. If you hadn't told me what this in what this was in advance, and I just switched it on, I would have thought it was a bad attempt to sound like the Flight of the Concords. Um, I now fully understand where they got their inspiration from. Pajama People has to be a Flight of the Concords song. It has to be. It just sounds exactly like the Flight of the Concords, but they are a comedy parody of a crap band. So it's okay that they sound like that. People know that, but this is meant to be one of the biggest musicians of all time. And he's done a Flight of the Concords song in the middle of his album. Um, I don't know. I mean, I expected Frank to be different to what this is. I expected something a bit heavier. Like I've heard a lot about him. I expect, I knew it was be psychedelic. I knew it would be weird. I expected something a bit heavier. And in some ways, because of that, there, there were, there were moments like you both kind of hinted at that. I was pleasantly surprised by though. When I first turned it on, I was on a train and I was like, God, this is going to be awful, but we'll get through it. And at first I was like, ah, oh, it's quite interesting. It might be okay. This I might enjoy this. And then it just goes all over the place and goes totally batshit. Um, and I think, where I landed really was that they have clearly inspired a lot of terrible bands and terrible music and that they should be punished for that. It, a lot of it does <laughs> sound like, you know, Matt's point about the Chili Peppers, all the bad Chili Peppers music is born out of this. So, yeah, I mean, for me, it's a weird one. I I, I think it's one of them. It's like a, an album from a time and a place that I just can't tap into at all. But when I said that, I was thinking, oh, the 60s and all these drugs and it's like I, I wasn't there and it must have been an amazing time and Frank Zappa was probably part of it and and now I'm, he was anti-drug, so it makes even less sense to me. Um, so I'm done, really. I don't have anything else to tell you. I I, I just think that they, they've created too much shit that's followed them, so I'm, I'm not a fan. Probably where I land. 
Yeah. Fair enough. Great. Okay. Cool. Um, well, we have one album left. Uh, Sam, do you want to get us kicked off with Paris? I I will. Um, I I feel like you'll disagree with me saying this. Is that I'm glad I'm glad I chose this <laughs> as a sort of palate cleanser because yeah. I I think the first three albums on the sh- on the list they're not similar albums, but I feel like they are kind of the same level of engagement in in the sense mm. of they're very kind of low key at times. Uh, yeah. There's nothing that's kind of out there punchy. So I I'm glad we had something that was like different to that. I mean, it also stands out because this is probably the worst thing on the playlist. Um, if only for me, for not really deciding what direction and who this band is is actually going to be. Um, I think I, I was I picked this because I, I quite liked quite a lot of the last album, Use Me. I think it was 2019. Um, I don't really know their stuff before, but it's a band that's kind of lost members along the way. And I think that they kicked a member out of the group like two days before the last album came out okay. um, because yeah. he'd done something bad or something. I can't really remember. I mean, now it's literally a solo project for the singer. So it's not even a band anymore. Right. Um, so I was interested to see if it would go like a complete opposite direction, kind of like, like Hayley Williams with Paramore, like mm. if the solo version would be different. And here, the confidence is higher. This is like the most confident she's sounded. But I feel like it just doesn't really know what it's supposed to be. I think I think the opening half of the album ends up being like the most irritating, but I, or also I feel like works the best. I feel like if the whole album had been like that, I think... Lots of people wouldn't like it, but I think it would work better as a whole record because I think that's where she sounds most at home. I think um, the kind of thudding drums and the the kind of maximalist production where it's like, let's put everything into this. Um, There's a song, Goddess, where the vocals are like chopped up like a Skrillex song and it's like, it's absolutely going to drive... Fran mad. He's gonna hate that. <laughs> yeah. um, like everything's so artificial and over the top. But I feel like it kind of works when it does that. Uh, I think there's there's a song that's that's written and produced with Mike Shinoda. Um, so like the influence of that like new metal sound from those kind of bands, I feel like was always high with Paris as a band, but it's never more so on that first half of this album. I think the the main issue for me is just the the, the second half of the album just kind of gets very very lost and messy. I think sentimental is bad. Love is a uh, and headlights like they kind of sound like a band from like the the noughties covering pop songs of the time in like a weird style. I don't really get what genre they're trying to go for. Um. So yeah, the first half sounds over the top. It's as overproduced as any Muse song going. Like that, <laughs> that's that's what it is. But I found them more fun to listen to than the kind of lifeless and like hollow songs that they're in the second half that just feel like they're, they're a bit nothingness. I kind of want the artificial AI produced new metal album <laughs> that is in the first half. Um which I feel like you'll both absolutely hate anyway. So, yeah, it's not a good album in any stretch of anyone 
anyone's imagination for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll jump in. I, I listen to a lot of music like this. Um, it's, I'd say it's maybe the most overly in my wheelhouse in this playlist. Um, and I generally quite enjoyed a lot of it. <laughs> I, I, for me, it, it is an album that feels like it's working to a very simple template. It has a simple beat, some weird distorted riffs, some repeated lyrics, and then there's some like weird talk singing that blooms into some kind of melodic-ish vocals and chorus with some gloomy synths also trapped in for good measure. Um, but it's a kind of template that I enjoy. And so even though I can tell it's very samey and it isn't necessarily a particularly good version, um, <laughs> I had a lot of fun with it anyway um, because it's just a, like a, a vibe that I appreciate maybe more than the average person. <laughs> um, so, I yeah, I, I, I thought it was very fun. And it, I definitely think what Sam mentioned as like a counterweight to everything else going in the album, it was it's essential <laughs> just, to, just <laughs> to add a bit of like drive and propel forward the playlist a little bit. Um, and it probably gets extra like kudos because of that. Um, but yeah, like it's, I don't know, it's dark brooding and somewhat aggressive electro pop. And that appeals to me and it's still is fun and peppy, even if it's pretending to be like, <laughs> it's pretending to be all like mad and angry and stuff, but it, it's, it feels a little, uh, teenage and I'm okay with that. Mm. Okay. What are you yeah. looking for? Well, you both talked about its place on the playlist, and, and, and that's where I started my notes as well, because I actually I just felt a bit sorry for this album ending up on this month's playlist, really, because it's unquestionable that it's the worst of the of the new releases. It's um, It pales in comparison to the others, which are all doing something interesting. And, and some of them, are, you know, they've got some quite heavy subject matter, and this... This just didn't feel very unique um, musically or lyrically, really. I think we've heard other albums that sound like it. But I, I didn't, all of that said, I didn't think it was awful. I, I didn't think it was terrible. Um, there are some moments that I quite like. The funny thing listening to Sam is that they're the total opposite ones to Sam. Um, <laughs> I, already, I already thought you'd be surprised that I liked any of it. And now I like I like the two songs that Sam said were we're not good. So yeah, I, I had Sentimental Down as, as, as quite a good pop song. Um, oh, no. I, thought it was quite, I thought it was quite fun. And I really liked Headlights. I thought Headlights was easily the standout song on this album. Um, I actually wrote, if everything was the same quality as Headlights, then this would probably be a really good album. Um, so yeah, the total opposite ones. But in the end, I, I don't really have much more to say about it than that, because I'm not going to rant about it because I didn't hate it but nor did I like it enough to get excited or ever consider listening to it again. I thought it was just a, just an okay album um, that wasn't particularly interesting. But yeah, that was me. Didn't cool. It. So maybe, maybe it sounds like Sam liked it the least. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, he definitely I liked it more so. than me. He definitely liked yeah. it more than me. I, I liked yeah. two songs. And yeah. 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 But I didn't what know. do we think of the playlist as a whole? We have we have we have our bottom place, I guess. <laughs> I I think I think the, the the other three new releases are very very good for our usual hit rate 
Mm. Uh, And to find three albums that I think I'll still be listening to six months from now is, is, I think that's a solid month um, for me, for sure. Yeah, agreed. And I think... um... Yeah, the green, the green chat and one I will be listening to a long time. Um, the other two it remains to be seen, but they're both good albums. And I actually nearly messaged. It's one of them rules of the podcast is that we don't talk about the albums before we get together for, yeah. to record. Uh, but I nearly messaged when we were talking about Mercury stuff because I actually felt there was an argument for three of the albums on this list. All three could be have included. Been on, they all on could the have. List, yeah, and I think if they'd been, if some of them had been released earlier in the year, they might, they might. Yeah, yeah. Because I think they were all the quality that that could have made it on, and I was surprised actually that Anon he wasn't. But I think maybe because Olivia Dean, they were both very late, weren't they? And it's, it's rare to get so many that come out so late in the. Um, yeah, I I feel time. like people were already thinking of nominating Olivia Dean before that album came out. Like mm. that's how much of a Mercury album it was. Yeah, in the sense yeah. of like. I think it didn't even really matter in the end. Like yeah. the, the, the songs beforehand, people had already decided. Yeah, I think you um, need some of that. If you're going to be nominated when you come out that late in the day, then there must have been, it must have been on the yeah. radar already. So yeah, great I playlist guess... really, but then two that I won't hear again, but yeah. Sorry, yeah. Matt, cut you off. No, I was just going to say, I guess uh, Green and Anani have both also at least been nominated and also won. So I yeah, yeah there's always speculation about how they do the nomination process and whether that factors in, but mm. I would be surprised if it didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Like I, I also think it was a good to great playlist. I, I think there's two albums for me that I'll c- carry on listening to, but every, even Frank Zappa, like there's, there's nuggets in there. Um, yeah. And it, it made me laugh other times. So <laughs> Yeah, it was like so you like, said, it was, uh, it was worth listening to, wasn't it? I'm glad we, I'm yeah. glad we heard it. But. Yeah, uh, but there was there was, there was nothing that I was like, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> and fuck whoever whoever put this on the playlist, which is often <laughs> the case. It's usually you. It's usually you. You were doing the classic yeah. and the why I love, but there wasn't as much I, chance I can, for something awful. I can awful. self-hate as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay. Well, that's that's the playlist so far, but there was also an extra bit at the end, which is Block Party. And so I'm going to tell you why I put Block Party on here. Um, and so for me, they were they were that band that everybody at home liked. Um, we had, like, my friendship group at home were all very into music, but we have some guys who were, like, very into the, like, the very poppy indie scene that was blossoming in the early noughties but others were more into like foos and queens of the stone age and the more heavier end and then i had other friends who were more into like r&b and like jungle and stuff like that um but for some reason we all kind of unified on block party as um a band that we all really liked um especially the second album i i think that was a specific time when the second album came out where we were all finished school all at home more or less all working jobs um and so we'd often be driving around in someone's car or going to drinks and that album would be on and it would be what yeah it would be one of the few cds that was in pretty much everyone's car um and i think the reason it appealed to all of us was because it, it ha- has those harder edge moments of songs like um, like Helicopter, which I didn't even put on the list, um, which is one of my favorite songs, but I had to cut somewhere. Um, but they also have songs like So Here We Are, they, I, 
And then as they started to engage with more electronic music, with like both the remix version of Silent Alarm, which I included the um, the MHE3 remix of Pioneers, I think. Um, and then it like you can tell Kelly's like fascination with electronic music was starting mm. to come through and seep into that a little bit of their second album, mostly into their third uh, album. You can see that um, that had for a lot of the bands at the time, they had a lot more range than anyone else, a lot more sincerity as well. Um, and especially in that time, like it would be like 2008 where the economy was crashing. Everything felt like <laughs> kind of shitty. <laughs> um, and it's still, it's, probably it's probably still the same as it is kind of now but that i feel like was when it turned and there was scare scaremongering was a thing in the press by the by the uh by the government and stuff like that it did feel scary almost out there um and this they weren't doom or gloom but they had sincerest sincerity and they had this broodiness to the music that uh, really appealed um and so for me that like beyond when I, when I left home, it carried on being an obsession and it's, um, they are the artist I've seen live more than anyone else because during that period they played every, every single festival. And then I would see them every time they toured. And so I've seen them over 10, 10, 10 times. Um, and I, live they're just also fantastic like they're never disappointing live um they always bring everything uh to their shows and for me like i don't listen to them all the time now like like fran was saying about eminem um it's not something i put on regular rotation anymore but putting together this list and then listening back i can see why why i was so obsessed with them and why we were as well um, and I, for me, considering compared to like a lot of those early noughties indie indie rock bands, you can see why they stood the test of time because they are able to capture these kind of emotive moments. And Kelly's delivery as well is so on point. Um, he's got such range in the way he sings and the way he carries forward what the point of the, the song was. Um that it feels more than just that kind of two guitars, a bass, and a drums. They they've got a lot more going on in their songs, um, and so like I've tried to in the playlist I gave, mostly it's leaning towards their older songs, which I obviously more emotionally attached to. But I've also included pretty much a song from every album in chronological order because I think it's interesting to see that they are still going and they are still making very much block party songs. Um, it's still that angular, angular uh, guitars and like very percussive beats. Um, and I, I don't think it is maybe as good, but I think it makes me happy to, that they're still doing their thing and doing it well. And um, yeah, like going back and listening to everything was a, it was a really nice doing this was a really nice excuse to lean back into the to into block party and, and listen to it all again. Um, so yeah, that's kind of that's kind of why why I, why I love them. And so I'm curious to hear. I'm assuming both of you know Block Party re at least reasonably well. I, I'm sure I've talked to Fran uh, 
for extensive amounts in the past when we were at uni. Yeah. <laughs> Shall I go? Because I feel like you probably yeah. know how I feel about Bot Party. Um, yeah. I mean, it was a nice, easy one for me, this. And, and I, at least you could go into a why I love for once, not worrying about what one of us was going to think. Because um, mm. I was a huge Block Party fan when we met. I think we saw them together. We definitely saw them at least once. I think yeah. maybe twice. I, yeah. I think we saw them at the Apollo. Um, and I can't remember if yeah. we saw them again. But um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting hearing you talk about the second album being the one that was around um, when you were that age. Because the one that was around when I was that age was Silent Alarm. Yeah. The debut. And I think Silent Alarm is one of the best debuts of all time. I think, you know, I think it's an outstanding album from from start to finish. Um, and while I feel I'm in the minority here when you read about Block Party, but I do think they kept up that quality, at least for the f- the following two albums. I think the first three albums are, are fucking knockouts. Um, and yeah, while I was listening to this playlist, it's interesting to hear whether we whether you, we talked about them a lot, because when I was listening to this playlist, I was actually taken back to a conversation me and you had during our first year at uni. I remember it really clearly for some reason, but we were in a pub after seeing Kings of Leon at the MEN. Oh yeah, and you said that Kings of Leon were the best band on the planet at that time, and I argued that the only band better at, the, at that time was Block Party. And I remember you laughing at me and saying they weren't. You loved them, but they weren't as good as Kings of Leon. And now I'm not saying <laughs> either of us were right there because I don't think either of them are the best band on the planet. But it's interesting no. that we're here talking about Block Party today, and not Kings of Leon. I think one of us oh, was yeah. more right than the other. So I just want to. I just want to make that point. You know, I was more right than you. Um, <laughs> But I just remember being so excited about this band for such a long time. Um, I saw them live a few times, yeah, before I met, like, like you said, I was I was at quite a few of the tours. They were always so good live. And on that Silent Alarm tour, they were playing a lot of the smaller sort of university venues and I saw them in Sheffield and it was just fucking mind-blowing. And I just think the debut was just, you know, it was just so energetic, so exciting. I think Kelly was just, like you said, a god of a performer. He was just amazing. But I will say two things about your playlist because I've just been very positive so far, so I, I can't do that the whole way through. Um, I think you were crazy to include those last three songs. Um, I think for me, they do demonstrate just how much this band dropped off later in their career. And I also think somehow you managed to not include my favourite song from most of the, each of the first three albums. Really? So yeah. So later, when I'd listened to this playlist quite a few times, I made it again and I took off "Octopus," "The Love Within," and "Traps," and I stuck on "Blue Light" from "Silent Alarm." I still remember from the second album and "One Month Off" because I love those songs. But no, to be serious and to be fair to you, you know, any playlist with "Banquet," "The Prayer," "Flux," and "Talons" is always going to be a good playlist. It's been I've really enjoyed spending some time with this because, like you, I don't stick them on very often. Um, I bought "Silent Alarm." on vinyl when they reissued it a couple of years ago. So that got a lot of listens then, nice. but I, I don't stick it on a lot. And I can't think of another time when someone's done a, a why I love about an artist I already liked as much as, as I like these. So you, you were always onto a winner here with me. I mean, yeah, it's been great fun to to dig back, back in. So thank you. Nice. Yeah. What well, I don't know what Sam thinks of them. So Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah, so... I mean, this feels like this could be the last thing I ever say on this podcast. Because um, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm, I shouldn't be allowed to be a picky bastard, given yeah. that I, I have no strong feelings towards Block Party at all. <laughs> and I'm not sure I can think of a single other band that has been as loved by all of you and has just not made an impact on me in the slightest. And I mean before... 
I even went back and listened to this yeah. and also since listening to Block Party. So I've I've tried. I've tried so many times. I've listened to Silent Alarm so many times <laughs> to try and understand what it is that is like you, you're saying. And I've just listened to you explain really, really well of like how much this meant to you at the time. And I'm like, I can't. I can't hear the difference. I, I don't hear any difference with this music with so much of the music of that time. And maybe mm. it's because I just wasn't involved at the time. And I, I wasn't listening to stuff in the early noughties that sounds like this. Mm. I remember block party being mentioned on TV. I remember the song banquet. I remember hearing that on the TV, but I don't, it, it, to me, there was no difference with hearing that to hearing all of these other kind of like indie bands at the time. I, and and I I really just, I really struggle to hear the magic that you talk about. Um, the songs that I like on this, on this playlist, like Banquet, This Modern Love, I think Octopus, I think they, I enjoy them a lot more than everyone else. I, I think the energy when it's really high, that's really mm. good. But I, I think, I I don't know, I feel like I shouldn't say this because I feel like I will get hate from people. Um, I just, I find Kelly to be a really boring singer. I don't get it. I just don't, it sounds so, I don't like, I don't like his voice as the singer of the band like this. And I think of all of the bands that I would compare to them from that time, that have kind of had the same level of career through, and probably the bands that were so influenced by Silent Alarm. I'm thinking mm. Foles, yeah, pretty yeah, much yeah. based their entire brand on on that yeah. album. Yeah, everything, everything, the whole art rock thing, where it was like you suddenly bring an electronic music in. I think all those bands just do it better because, to me, when those later songs in this playlist, I think the Love Within that's one of the worst things on this whole playlist. Like that, genuinely, that's not a good song. And I think Fran agrees with me that it's I do. not great. I do agree on that one. Yeah. He's not being as harsh because I've kind of gone all in now. Um, <laughs> I don't hate this band, but I, yeah, I, I just don't see the same connection with the band, with the singer, with, with, with that, as I do with some of those other bands, like Foles, like, even Franz Ferdinand and like that kind oh of God, art, no, art I was, I was era. kind of, I was, I was okay with you till you brought Franz Ferdinand into the equation. But I just, I Ugh. can see why it works. I just, I just don't see it here. And I've really tried so many times. Maybe I, I would need to see them live. Maybe that's it. Maybe yeah. I need to be there. But you probably need to see them live 20 years ago. 2005 and at that tour at the Apollo and see them and be like in it together. Mm. So, I bet they're still good live. Yeah, I bet they're still good live because they've just they've just played the old songs. <laughs> but yeah, but I think um, I, I do think there's something it. in that they were a band that was so exciting when they came out because there wasn't a lot of stuff that yeah. sounded like them at the time. Um, I know yeah. that now it sounds like oh, it's a guitar band that does some electronics and that feels really normal. But actually, at the time, specifically with Alarm, it kind of blew stuff out of the water, and it was for people who were into that genre and that music at that time. And there was something in Kelly as well in just being like a a black gay artist in that realm as well was kind of 
new mm. and fresh and exciting and you know some of the things he could sing about because of that was exciting so i think there was there was a lot that pushed them above other bands but then it might be hard having been in some of the bands you've just mentioned like everything everything and stuff to actually now hear this music and think think of it as fresh because it, it, it it's not as fresh anymore yeah. but then it really was then I can't believe I'm doing the why I love speech. Matt's why I yeah, love. Why am no. I doing the argument? <laughs> but, um, this is why I wasn't going to say anything. I was just going <laughs> to... No, no, no it's good. It's good. You've got to, you to tell the truth. Sam, have you ever listened to Kelly's solo stuff? I, not at all. I, I've listened... The only full album I've listened to from anything to do with Block Party is Silent Alarm. Mm. Yeah. I'm not sure if you'd like it, but it is more electronic. Um, mm. I think it's less good. It's but... a very mixed bag. It's, some yeah. of it's great. Some of, the, some of the singles are very good. So may, yeah. maybe if you did want to connect with him as an artist. I, I <laughs> feel like he's probably, the, the, the performances probably make way more sense like, as, as mm. performances. Yeah. It's, it's just on the record, I just don't, I just don't hear it. And I, mm. I've tried so many times. <laughs> yeah. I think so, so, if you also feel like you weren't there, you also don't know, yeah, like, like Fran was saying, how bad some of the music was. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't remember the shit. It was a treat. Was happening at that time. Yeah, it's yeah. not. I, that, there's a lot to I enjoy here for sure. Yeah, it's just the magic that you talk about. I, I, yeah, I, I'm, it's I'm really. Allowed. It's allowed. Yeah, yeah. I'll forgive you. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't mean block party is going away from me. No. And I, and I can see what you mean about the last songs. Like, some of the last songs are not great. It's more just... I see so many of the bands of that time just disappear. And yeah. though yeah. it's not as good, it still has some of the essence of them still going strong. And it means they're also still touring. And I was going to go this year because they played in New York because they were supporting Paramore. Um, and yeah. so they did some yeah. solo shows, but I couldn't make it in the end. But I'm. I do want to see them again live because they are just so much fun. Oh, yeah, live. I'd. I'd see them. Yeah, cool. Well, that's it. That's us done. Um, we will be back soon with the um, Mercury Prize podcast. So we're going to be yeah. talking about or all of the albums that were listed uh, and nominated for the Mercury Prize. We are not going to talk about about which ones they are now apart from the fact that olivia dean is also included so we'll talk about that again and mm-hmm. um, we'll also be joined by tom who's a fat, another picky bastard so you'll get maybe a fresh perspective on some of the albums we have maybe covered in the past as well and um, if you like what you heard you should check us out on pickybees.com um and we're also on, I guess, X. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God, I feel sick. We need to leave soon. We need to leave. We're just all so lazy, that, and it's the only Where way else? we share things. Where else would do? we go? Well, there's know. nowhere else. Fred's, is it called? Or Into Zuckerberg's domain? Well, it's better <laughs> than Musk, isn't it? It's better than X. He's a giant oh. child who calls a fucking social media platform X that's been called Twitter. Who, who's ever going to call it X? Sorry, hey. I won't rant now. It's a different well, podcast, isn't it? But if you if you want to follow our zeets, you oh god, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, it's I at picky bastards. But yeah, yeah. I'm not encouraging anyone to join that. Um, yeah, that, that shit show at the minute. 
It'll be Twitter cool. again soon. By the time you hear this episode, it'll probably be called Twitter again. So yeah. you'll think what but you should go to Picky Bees. You should go to pickybees.com yeah, because we have lots of cool articles. We have some new uh, writers as well, and they're coming up with mm. lots of new cool perspectives. Um, so if you're bored of us, you don't have to read what we're doing. You can read someone else. Um, yeah, and um, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for Bye. listening. Bye. Bye.